This is Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Brought to you by Vladimir Brestinska and Nectarios Lolios. And remember to subscribe, follow, and rate Naked to help us share it with the world. Hey, buddy. Hey, Nectarios. Hi, Vladi. <laughs> we are in the same part of the world, which feels nice and weird at the same time. It doesn't It's rare. Happen. It's rare. That's the right word. Mm. So, yeah, London it is. Um, just having this walk prior this recording, um, re-listening to Selma. And uh, it was it was lovely. Um, it put me into a good space uh, mentally. And I was thinking like, oh, all of those people speaking about small habits, you know. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is it. It feels good. <laughs> So now that's a little bit of my, uh, yeah, um, glimpse into my day. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, I don't remember if on the last extra episode I mentioned my yoga practice. I don't think I did, but now I've been doing sure. yoga every morning from 7.30 till 8.30. I've been doing this now. This is week three. It's a Thursday. So about 14, 15 14 of them. Um, and it's always a mix of breathing, a lot of focus on breathing, some positions, uh, some flow, but also some meditation relaxation. And it's really eye-opening. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to do the same thing with the journaling, as with the journaling, where I, I just show up, even if I don't feel like it, I, I'll just make an effort. And some days I just a bit more rusty and a bit more hard and some One days I just sounds like a lot actually I'm it like, is a lot like, wow um yeah I usually do like there are those bits like 15-20 minutes and it sort of feels um the right time for me but one hour is like yeah respect but it's it's also because the nice thing is I don't have to control anything I just do what I'm told and I I mean and there's a lot of variety which is also good But it's interesting just that how many different ways there are to breathe and the effect it has on your body. Mm. So I was I started this because I got, had this curiosity about breath work and I tried a couple of different ways to do this. Um, and I really feel the benefit of it. I into the point, talking about small habits, I notice now where when I feel tense in my body during the day because I sit all day and doing Zoom stuff, um, I can control the relaxation of my body to some extent just by sending breath yeah. into parts of my body. You are smiling, but uh, to be honest, to bring this on a sort of uh, fact note, uh, uh, facts note, what I'm trying to say is that I visited my doctor, uh, generalist, last week in Slovakia where I was there, and um, I have those digestive problems since. I can't even remember. And we were trying to sort of find the causes for it. And one of the – she done like a bunch of, you know, tests with me and everything. And one of the things she landed on was she was saying, you need to learn breathing techniques. She was saying – literally showing me like how my breath you know compresses the muscles around my stomach and everything and then it has you know other sort of uh impacts and um yeah so you know there and, and we knew this right i mean that there are uh, many facts for this so it's not just like a nice thing to do and, and sort of 
um, esoteric, wishy-washy something. So, yeah, I totally hear you. Um, it's yeah, it's a nice what, habit to, to build. So that's what happened since the last episode. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, speaking about, we started with our own self-care. Um, today, sort of, in some way, very exciting for myself because I have my first therapy session. Um I know, I think I've shared with you and with the guys or with you folks listening is that um, I've been experimenting with this for some time now. And Nitar, as you know, because you also gave me some recommendations, right? And um, I never sort of was very hooked on like, okay, is it a coaching and therapy? Like I always sort of, you know, in a way like the mix where you have somebody like a partner who can use uh, either or depending on the need. Um and uh, one of the things I was sharing with my friend is that it does take a time to really find somebody where you feel the chemistry. And that was exactly my case. I mean, it's been a few years that I've been testing and trialing and, you know, letting go just because I didn't feel that this is the right fit for me. Um, and funnily enough, you know, our uh, podcast guest, I think the first episode from the series, uh, James uh, Rutledge, uh, if I said his surname correctly, but uh, James, I have a friend, so he talked about his own therapist slash coach, um, Sarah, and he was kind enough to introduce me because I was intrigued, had a first chat and uh, in a way loved it. So I'm speaking to her today, really excited about it. I hope I'll have a chance to share with you guys how it's going in the next few episodes if we have any um because i think we are coming sort of to to slowly slowly to oh we have a few more okay and the tires is showing he's like we have three more to go so yeah so i'll keep you keep you posted how this is going but just want to flag that it does take time to find the right fit and um just you know go for it if you have a chance and um you know prioritize it in even I was just thinking about the finances I mean is it cheap no but you know is it an investment I want to do for myself yes I made that sort of conscious choice internally so yeah that's today I hope it goes well thank you it's dating isn't it you have to just go through it until you find somebody that feels, totally feels nice right yeah totally um it's a good bridge to our guest today hmm because Selma Let's talks about how therapy has helped her. Yeah. So what stood out for you? Because what, as I was listening, re-listening to the episode, I sort of felt like um, part of me felt like I, I was maybe a little bit dominating the conversation. And and then I was thinking, you know, I had you in my mind and I was like, I wonder how Nictaris felt about the whole thing and not me dominating, but the, the, the theme and, you know, how could you relate to the whole um, conversation? Well, I am a man and I'm not a parent. So mm. there are two elements that kept me from directly relating to some of the things, but I can understand depression and I can understand being exposed to it and not recognizing it, not acknowledging it. So, um, no, I find the conversation very engaging. Um, and I'm always mindful. And we had this also with other female guests where, where the subject was about the role of a woman and the experience of a woman. Of course, I can't, I can't speak for that and I wouldn't want to, right? Um, unless invited. Um, but no, for me, the key thing is that 
I didn't realize when we recorded the episode, but when we were going through the edits, that one of the big frustrations that Salma had was baby blues. The fact that there's a word for it that takes away all the pain and all the negativity out of it and makes it light and passing. Um, And it didn't stay with me during the conversation, but afterwards I thought, actually, we as a society have created something to take away the agency from people by saying, no, it's just something, it's it's okay. We've got a cute word for it, so therefore it'll be fine. And completely taken away agency, completely taken away the power to deal with it. Mm. It takes somebody to be strong enough to say, no, no, this is not just a fleeting, everybody goes through this in a couple of weeks, it'll be over. It affects my life majorly and I need to address this. Mm. So kudos to Selma, right? Yeah, I was thinking um, while she was talking about baby blues, I actually thought about founders blues because it reminded me it was the sort of really in the first few days or early stage when I was sort of exposed to the problem. And then you go and search on Google and I found those articles that were saying founders blues. And frankly, I at that point, I guess I didn't feel like it was taking away. Like I could feel the heaviness around the blues. I think being non-native, um, it also you just go and and Google like, okay, what does that mean, right? And you find all of this. It, it means the downhill and being, you know, in the dip and everything. So um, I never really had that relationship or that understanding. So hearing it from somebody like Selma saying, you know what, in this in this context, it is actually harmful. And that's how I feel, I think was, uh, yeah, as you said, in some way, eyes opening that she made that, you know, call out. Um, There was a lot of things and thanks for sharing, like, you know, how you sort of relate to this. And um, I I personally found number of things as as similar to you as a non-parent in some way, this was, for me, a big learning experience as well. Um, there was an element around the nurture, which was when she talks about the origins, right, and coming from Central Eastern Europe and the, the sort of the role of an impact of culture. And she defined the two cultures, one, the one around yourself, the family and close environment, and then second, the entrepreneurial culture. Uh, but it made me reflect on really how much we, how much baggage very often do we carry with ourselves from those early days, right? So that was a, that was sort of a big one for me because that stigma is really true. I, I remember in in some way that it just felt just felt in some way embarrassing to you know when you embarrassing to to put the emotions out there and and, mm. and to go into a conversation. Even if you put the emotion out, I think all of us sort of very quickly try to find escape. And 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 so again, I could, you know, find a lot of relation to what she was saying in terms of the operational mindset. Um, so yeah, that was a big one. It's it's interesting that you mentioned the cultural element because um I I grew up in, in a Greek home, um, right? And my mother was diagnosed with depression when she was going through menopause. And her menopause started really early. So she was 39. So there was a combination of things that triggered off this really bad depression to the point where she was hospitalized at some point. Okay. The, in, 
interesting thing for me was now listening to Selma and and clearly noticing that there's a propensity for depression on my mom's side of the family. I was wondering if my mother, who had three kids, went through something like postpartum depression herself. Hmm. But of course, in a Greek family where it was expected of the woman to be bearing children, it was expecting for the woman to perform, to show up, to be operational. How much of this she actually experienced herself and couldn't articulate this? Because there was no there was no permission to talk about it. It was baby blues. It's going to go away. It happens to women, right? It's sort of related also to people making jokes about women having fluctuations in their behavior based on their, yeah. on their cycle and all that, right? So there is this whole, there's a cultural construct around it and there's a sexist construct around this. And it's all kind of blends beautifully in inverted commas into one big mess of not allowing people to, to voice what they're experiencing and when they do not taking it seriously. Yeah. Feeling safe. Right. Um, the, the, the piece where she was saying that, you know, it's a failure of the sort of healthcare system where you get all the advice around how to, you know, about nutrition and how to take care of your baby and all of it. But the big part about you is missing. Um, Whilst I was listening to it, um, in, in parallel, there was this film in my mind, the story that it somehow sounds like we are hearing this about the business building experience. Is like, you get all the advice about how to build a business, right? But nearly nothing around like, how do you take care mm. of yourself? And you are at the core of it. So in some way, you know, th those parallels, and I know that in Selma, it also looked integrated together, which was just uh, another layer of complexity, really. Um, yeah, I found those, you know, commonalities there. Um, you know, this Can, piece uh, around, I, yes, yeah, sorry. No, 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 no go, 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 you go. <laughs> I think this is our uh, unique pattern. Go, go, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I had this question, actually, you know, um, when I asked her at the end about if she would, she would have done something differently in terms of sharing the experience with the team. And it kept me thinking because part of her answer, Selma's answer was still, yeah, maybe with one or two people because you are in a fragile state. And I was thinking about this because I still, I felt that actually personally, I find myself on a, I would say a little bit more of a different pole where I feel like, leading with the vulnerability, uh, regardless of the stage of the business and sharing with the sort of wider team where you are can have a lot of benefit. Um, she, so she made me think, and I was wondering what you think about this, like um, wh where you find yourself in this. Oh, I mean, people who know me know that I can't even pretend. Mm. Uh, and I definitely don't want to. But I've learned to accept that people have their own way of, of operating. And I'm pretty sure that for Sama to share with us that she wouldn't have shared this in the first business and now she might bring in one or two confidants is her way of, of mm. making progress, extending the vulnerability. But my personal approach to this is, is very different. Like people instantly know if I'm having a good day or a bad day. And because I think it helps, it gives context. And I don't, I don't think it affects my credibility because ultimately mm -hmm. that's what people are, are, are worried about, right? Or the trust that people have in me. But I'm also prepared to take the risk that somebody might have a problem with that. 
Um, and it's probably how delicate or how exposed you feel on losing credibility or losing trust or creating more problems uh, by being vulnerable, by being vocal about what's happening. What about you? I mean, I, I mean, we had yeah. this conversation about vulnerability. We get excited by yeah. people who go completely, but yeah, there is, sorry, yeah. no, no, shouldn't be saying I'm that. I'm thinking like if we, if, if sometimes, I don't remember when I had one of my, I was leading one of the sessions and actually I think it was actually called Founders Blues. Um, it was with one of the accelerators and um, there was a sort of experienced founder and he came in um, and he was talking about, but you know what, sometimes we overdo it. Sometimes it feels like if you don't have a mental health challenge that you sort of feel left out. It, it, he was sort of talking about the other side of it that, you know, having that experience and being vocal about it, it feels like the new black. And mm -hmm. in some way I found like, it was interesting that he shared that feedback and it was a subjective view. Um, at, at the same time, I felt like it was a little, it could be harmful for a lot of people who actually were starting to feeling the safe space and they wanted to be uh, vocal about it and share as a part of the healing. And, um, so yeah, so I'm I'm certainly more on the side of seeing um, the positive effects and impacts on others where you, particularly when it's a leader, when they sort of become more human and say like, hey, I'm struggling with this. This is what I'm dealing with it. I might need your support. I might not be here or different ways. Mm -hmm. I, I hear on what you said about Selma sort of, I guess, trying to know herself, right? So I guess it comes from that place. It's just understanding what uh, feels okay and uh, for us individually and how ready we are. Um, but it was something I wanted to raise in this conversation because I felt like it left a question mark uh, with me after that conversation. It's, I think it's a really interesting point for, for a multitude of reasons. Selma talks at some point about well, if you break your leg, there's support, right? Um, and if you break your leg, people see it. So there's no point to discuss it. People just acknowledge something's different, right? And you have to talk about these things if they're not visible. Mm. I think it's also oh. important to talk about, to give people context on why you might be behaving differently or why you might just not be your usual self. Um, our very first guest, Monique, she was so candid about how her experience of first when she was finding it really difficult to, to deal with everything, not talking to anybody about this. And then after having gone a sort of transformation experience with a coach and counselor, she then started sharing with her team, which gave the team license to, yeah. to also be able to say, you know what, I'm having a bad day today and that's okay too. I mean, people do have mental health days as an excuse to, as a reason, not an excuse, not to come to work, right? It's not like, oh, I don't have to pretend that I injured myself or I have a cold. I, I can comfortably say I'm having a difficult day today. I'm not going to come to work. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I was actually thinking that that's uh, um, sort of the new way forward, you know. Hopefully, a, you know, it's not a future. It's a presence for in, in some places already. Um, sort of, you know, I, I, overall, after the conversation, I felt like, how important to talk about this. Um, the, the, the amount of selves 
meaning by layers of identity mm. that uh, are also represented in each of us individually. I think that just was one of the things I that stayed with me. Um, and also how much we don't know what the other person is going through related to that identity, right? So I think I just felt like, wow, it was really important to have her. And I remember a number of uh, my actually close friends who are in a similar age, like sort of mid thirties, and they're actually becoming more vocal exactly about this postpartum depression. And they're also entrepreneurs. And uh, this is in Slovakia. And I have seen the wave of reactions that it had um, created. They were both positive and negative. Majority was really positive and it sort of allowed a lot of other people to talk about their own experience. So I just felt that this was really valuable and important. And in some way, it encouraged me on a personal level to speak up, you know, mm. just, yeah, like, like kind of like, let's keep going. There's a lot of value in this. When Selma was talking about the different selves, I, th I thought that was really interesting because one of the things we'd like to bring things back to is identity, right? And, and when you think about that you as a woman have already got something more to prove than a man, and then as a mother, and then as a business person, all that, so this layer upon layer of, let's call them obstacles, right? And And it was also quite surprising to me that it was a husband who sat her down and said something's not right right so it's also interesting because sometimes it's also easy to to stigmatize men for not doing enough or for ignoring the problem let's also acknowledge that this is a husband who saw his wife struggling yeah and actually yeah. gave her the nudge that she needed to maybe also just and this is interpreting, but also giving permission to be vulnerable and say, you know what? You're actually struggling with something you don't want to admit. Why don't we just look at this and find a way to help, right? Mm, no, I, I felt like if you write a story, this is exactly how I would write the story just to showcase a role modeling behavior. And it was a, it was very much a reality. Um, it made me think about the significant others that uh, we live with Um if we do, but if we, if we have people, partners around ourselves, like um, as entrepreneurs, I know this is also quite an important topic for us at Future Farm. I think we still have a way to go to unpack it, like, you know, how the partners can and what, what are sort of the ways for them to support the entrepreneur on the roller coaster. But at the same time, this is a little bit less related, but I just want to shout it out there is that I think there is an element around if you are a partner of an entrepreneur who goes through such, you know, uh, ups and downs, how do you actually support yourself? You know, like mm -hmm. what sort of your own uh, system to deal with this? So not to only concentrate everything on that entrepreneur. And uh, but yeah, I think this is a very rich topic and also very little talked about um, in terms of the dynamics. My husband has learned to look at me and go, do you want to talk about it? And sometimes he knows that he, I don't think he actually cares. I think he just knows that this is the button that I need to just talk about it. And because it's more about me just getting stuff out rather than having somebody actively listening. Um, and mm -hmm. it's funny because sometimes it's so transparent, but it still works. <laughs>
And that's the whole point, right? It's like there's a bit of a... But we had to learn this because it's naturally not... It yeah. wasn't like this when we first met, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I think Sorry. it anyhow comes back to, you know, it's uh, to knowing yourself individually and then blending them to, that together, right? It's like, okay, how those two identities... I feel like more I know myself, and this is probably like no eye-opener, but it's like more I know myself is just more mature. Do I stand up in front of my partner? It's like, you know, and I'm able to call out on my needs and my moods and yeah. And what I'm going through and yeah, it's not easy journey. I mean, you know, I'll be working on it today in the afternoon. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm really glad we had Salma as a guest. Yeah. And I'm excited about our next one. Have a good day, Nick Terrace. You too. Thank you. Take care, Vladi. You've been listening to Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. To learn more about our work, sign up to our newsletter or visit thefuturefarm.co, where you can also apply to be a Naked guest. Naked is produced by Dan Turgil and edited by Catherine Walker. And remember, subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help share it with the world.